Hey, hey, folks. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk here. Uh, we got a great episode in store for you. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Also, follow me on Instagram at Trost Talk. Um, but first, my buddy, Pablo2020. All right. Hey, hey, everybody. Uh, I guess welcome back to another edition of Trost Talk. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Get you in a nice little, uh, nice little quick podcast today. Give me one second. An itch in my ear. Um, if y'all uh, hear a little clicking noise, I got my fan going. It's hot as balls here today in Dallas. Um, so that's my fan going. Um, man, I guess what's new with me? Uh, still going to boxing. Got a boxing class tomorrow, or I mean a lesson tomorrow. Um, applying for jobs. Looking for a, produ- a producing job. Um, you know, still got to make money while I'm chasing this. Um what else? Boxing was good. Um, finally getting my cardio back. Took a week, but finally I got it back um, to where it was, you know, which is the funny part. Uh, and then, man, was there anything else? Um, I felt like there was something else I wanted to mention, but I can't remember. Um, been pretty busy. Uh, today got today I wanted to be pretty lazy. Got my I got my workout in. I still have to go downstairs and do some cardio, which I'm gonna do after after the else. Um, pretty annoying. I hate cardio. Mainly because I'm doing jump roping today and I'm doing five rounds and I, f- I just I just don't like jump roping. <laughs> it's great cardio. It really is. Like it's incredible cardio and. I feel good every time I jump rope, but it's just a bitch. And I think particularly because our generation or like people who aren't over the age of 40, let's say, um, I was going to say 30, but I'm 29. So 40, like our attention spans just aren't there. Millennials and Gen Z's like our attention, like jump roping, you're not doing much. You can put in some variations on like how you jump but like, you know, whether you want to bounce off one foot, variations, high knees, speed jump, like you can do your crisscrosses. But like, even then, if you get, once you get good enough at jump roping, it's like, you know, you just get, it gets, it becomes mindless and it becomes second nature. And so you're just sitting there and you're pretty much like, and you don't realize how long three three minutes is until you, you're jump roping for three minutes. And you're like, Jesus Christ. So, you know, ladies out there, back the fuck off if your man lasts only three minutes. Go jump rope for three minutes. You'll see how long three minutes really fucking is, ladies. All right? So, fellas, you fucking do you, king. If you last three minutes, whatever. You know what? I'm going to come out with new merch. Three-minute king. Bam. There we go. Uh, so don't worry about it. You know? 
flex your muscles, King. You lasted three minutes. It's longer than most people can jump rope. Hang your hat on that. Um. Anyways, uh, you know, per usual, uh, merch. It's in my bio on my Instagram page. Um, uh, subscribe to my Instagram page, which is at Trost Talk. That's T R O S T Talk. If you don't know how to spell talk, you're maybe don't understand English. Um, and if that's the case, then you probably. I don't know, maybe translate this, uh, maybe translate this, uh, podcast and that'll help you out. Um, do subscribe to the shows. I'm available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Do follow me on Instagram. I know I've already said that. Um, so today I'm going to keep it simple as I kind of get back into the swing of podcasting. So right now I'm going to stick into my familiarity, uh, sports, um, might dive into some history as I do, you know, later on. Um, but here's kind of, uh, today I'm gonna talk about soccer, uh, for you American people, football for all the people over in Europe. Um, gonna go over the NBA, obviously gonna review UFC 263 and that'll be pretty much it. Um, do some last thoughts and things like that. Okay, so for European football right now, the big thing, obviously, uh, is the Euros. Um, Friday games, you had Italy beating Turkey 3-0. My thoughts, takeaways on that is Italy's back. They're back being to contenders again. Um, You know, and the thing about Italians is they always got great fucking chemistry. Uh, You know, they're very... They're very always, they always got good, unlike England, who I'll talk about later. Uh, but, you know, Italy's always got great chemistry. They're very passionate. Um, and, uh, you know, they played well. I think they're back into contention. Um, I do want to confirm this. I believe their group is very, yeah, they're with Wales and Switzerland. And, um, come on. I know everybody listening to this is like, Turkey, you idiot. Obviously. Uh, Turkey. Um, so Turkey, uh, yes. Anyways, so back to that. Uh, they're obviously, I think, going to be more than likely the favorites to get out of this. Uh, and then you had Saturday's games. You started off with Wales versus Switzerland. Switzerland took a lead. I thought they were going to win. Uh, obvi- and then you, Wales got a big set piece, um, scored. They got a, Wales has a, a underrated, sneaky, good team. Um, you know, you got Aaron Ramsey going through the middle. You got obviously Bale on the wing. You got um, I can't remember the guy's name who just fucking scored. Um, more, you know, he's a big target in the middle. Um, you know, they got a sneaky good team. Uh, Memphis isn't a bad defender. So like they got they got a sneaky solid team, um, uh, unf- you know, enable uh, Wales was able to pull a goal back. Uh, Switzerland did have a goal that was disallowed because they I think they were offside is what the yeah they were offside, um, and then obviously the biggest thing to happen on Saturday was Christian Eriksen 
which obviously the heart, your heart goes out to him. You wish him well, family, um, peace of mind. You know, I know people up in the Nordic areas not accustomed to very hot days. Uh, so I'm hoping that he, this was all due to heat stroke uh, because that would make it obviously still serious. But I feel like, I guess for me, just trying to like just hope for a silver lining, the way my thinking is, is, you know, if it's because of it, it was a heat stroke that gave him a cardiac arrest, while still not great that it was a cardiac arrest, it, it it's an easy, easier, I think, recovery, um, where then if it's like he's, turns out he's having like, he just has like major heart problems, um, is what I'm comparing it to, looking for that silver lining. Um, so, you know, you hope, I hope he's the best, uh, or hope he's in, uh, in good spirits today. I hope he's doing well and I uh, wish him a speedy recovery. Um, you know, and I hope it's not anything overly serious with his heart at, that could be, you know, a lasting, a lasting thing. Um, then, uh, you know, Belgium goes and they play and just they, against Russia and they just look dominant the whole game. Uh, you know, I just think from start to finish that I just wasn't worried watching him. I think Russia had a couple early moments where it raised a question, but you know, wasn't a hard answer. So, um, and then today you have England playing early in the morning. Uh, I will not lie. I did not watch this. Um, and uh, I saw they won. I saw some highlights. I, I just think about England to me is I always feel like they just never have good chemistry. Like they're just, it's like the story always seems to be on England that it's like they're figuring out their identity is like always the fucking story. Uh, so, you know, get it together, I guess. And if it's the, you know, there used to be the old rumor that they can never really play well together because the EPL is so competitive that when you get to the national team, you get players who are playing against rival clubs and hate each other and they can't get that chemistry. If that's it, you lock it up, dude. It's like your nation's going to come before your club a hundred times out of a hundred. Because I guarantee you a fucking Liverpool fan would hug a fucking Manchester United fan in the middle of a street and cry with him as they embrace each other if they won the World Cup. Guaranteed. Um, What else? What else? What else was the other one? Uh, you know, solid one was the Austria-North uh, Macedonia one. It looked interesting at, in the beginning. You know, it was like 1-1. One, one. Uh, Macedonia had a nice little goal there. Um, you know, a lot of luck, but, <clears throat> you know, they had some... They got a goal there, and you thought it was going to be interesting. Um... Turned out not to be Austria, you know, I think the clear favorite in that group um, to make some noise. Um, you know, but other than that, it, it was just an ant game. And then you had uh, the wild game today of the Netherlands versus uh, Ukraine. You know, in my, and it was funny because I was watching the first half. Um, this was something I watched on replay. I, I was out grocery shopping and watching the rest of the uh, Bucks game when this one was happening. So I went back and rewatched it. And when I was watching it and in the first half, I, in the first half, I, I was like, oh, you know, Ukraine doesn't look bad. It's like well, every time they would get on the attack, it, it they didn't look 
unthreatening. Like they didn't look like they didn't know it. Like they they looked like they were always putting themselves in dangerous moments. And if they could just string together a couple more passes, they would you know they would look. They were countering really well. That's my point. Um. And then uh, you know Netherlands takes two goal lead. I would say. Um, as an objective viewer, that the second one kind of, but definitely the first one, ball just kind of falling in the right place at the right time, which I I don't ever knock. I think in any run, any uh, you know big tournament run, any championship run, regardless of what your sport talking about, like you always need a little bit of luck, um, in order to to pull out games and to make it complete. So that happens, but then, you know, Ukraine comes right back, score ties it up, looks interesting, and then uh, the announcers even pointed this out, which was just so true, is the guy who scored, I can't remember his damn name, damn it, I always got to keep looking these back up, I can't remember his name, I know it starts with, uh, there we go, uh, <laughs> Dumb Fries, no, uh, it's Dumb Freeze, um, he, you know, they, they've been finding him or looking for him on that back post all game. And finally, he just kind of comes through. Um, it was a good game, obviously electric, emotional, especially, you know, obviously the overall talent in each squad is down compared to uh, clubs. But you get a lot of emotion because it's your country involved. So it's, they're always a fun emotional games. Um, and... Yeah, I, I I guess so. Go on and preview the Monday games. You got you've got Scotland uh, versus the Czech Republic. I want Scotland to win, but I think uh, the Czech will win. Then you got Poland versus Slovakia. I think Poland takes that. Spain versus Sweden is the last one, and I think Spain wins that as well. Um, and then you got Tuesday. You got the which I call the, the group of death. Group F is playing. You have Hungary versus Portugal and France versus Germany. Uh, I think France wins and I think Portugal wins. Although as much as I love Portugal because of Ronaldo and I will be rooting for them, it'll probably be like a one nothing game. It won't be very, it won't be very fun. Um, then and Jao Cancelo got, uh, Got COVID, which that really hurts them on that back line, and he because he's a great player, and that that's actually a really big blow. Um, so I guess I'm going to go into making my predictions. Um, there's one, two, and yeah, and I believe I believe qualifying is it's the top two of each group. And then um, they pick four of three third place winners. Um, okay, so if I'm being realistic, I think Italy and Switzerland take Group A. But I am going. My hope is it's Italy Wales. Um, group B, uh, Belgium. At uh, Group B, I think is Belgium, obviously. It's hard, especially now that Christian Eriksen is is out. Yeah, I don't think that 
Denmark really holds a holds a true chance. So I'm gonna go Belgium, Finland, my hope, Belgium, Denmark. Um Group C, uh Austria and Netherlands, I think I think Austria and Netherlands, I think could go out of that group. Also who I hope. Um Group D, you have England and I think the Czech are gonna come out of that, but I want England and Scotland. Group E I think and hope. I think Poland, Spain, and I hope Poland, Spain. Group F, group of death. I think uh man. I really hate this. I will say I'm glad Portugal gets to play Hungary first because out of the the other three possible teams they could have played, playing France or Germany first would suck. Um, I think France and Portugal go through, and I hope France and Portugal go through. Actually, I hope Germany and Portugal go through. But I think France and Portugal go through. Fuck, fuck the French. Um, all right. So now that we are done with soccer, a.k.a. football, a.k.a. vice versa, um, going to go into the NBA. So today the Bucks tied it up. Uh, now the series is 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Giannis, uh, my thoughts on him, Giannis, um, he's playing a lot better, man. He's, he's doing what I thought he should have done more. He needs to just start getting into the key. You know, it's not a very physical league, like walk down to the paint. You don't need the ball to walk down to the paint, turn around You're bigger, especially small ball lineups. Like you're a center in most small ball lineups, get down there. You're way bigger than most guys who's going to be guarding you and make a play in the post. Now, with his free throws, he needs to stop thinking. He needs to stop taking so long. That's the thing. He's thinking so much about the shot. It's ridiculous. I want to see Giannis get up there. Don't do your practice shot. Don't do your practice shot. It's fucking ridiculous. It doesn't help you. It does nothing for you. Get up there. Take a breath. Take three dribbles. Boom. That's it. That's it. Take your deep breath. Boom, boom, boom fire boom take your deep breath boom 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 fire none of this like do not if anything you should be thinking get this shot off in less than five seconds that's what he should be thinking um he i, I think it'll just help him so much better um Kyrie going down in the second quarter, obviously, I think is going to hurt him. Uh, you know, and there's no time frame as to when James Harden's going to be back. Um, although, I'll be honest, I almost think I think James Harden will be back for Game Five because I think they rested him when they went up two nothing. They went back, they rested him for Game Three. I think they were like, "Look, we're up two nothing. Let's just stick with this. You get your rest. You know, and." 
we'll bring you back for game three if it, it doesn't look, or if game four if it doesn't look great. And they almost won game three, and they played terribly. And then they're like, all right, we'll get another game four. We'll, we'll get him here. Game's fine. It's, you know, Bucks are winning. Um, and then Kyrie just gets hurt. So I, I, I suspect what they were trying to do was rest James Harden on the road, and then they'll play him game five. I think he plays game five because I'm not convinced. As somebody who's rolled their ankles a lot and sprained their ankles a lot, uh. Yes, he. It, that was a gnarly sprain. So I am not sure. I know he can walk off on it, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, sometimes, like sprained ankles, like especially one like that, it doesn't hurt walking forward. Like you can walk straight; it won't really hurt. But it's like if you were to lean or shift your weight slightly to the right or slightly to the left, that's where the pain would go. And um, you know. And it and in those ones like your 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 ankle almost feels dislocated because it feels so loose. Like you can just feel, you can just feel the ligaments just aren't holding it together. Your you know, tendons and ligaments are just not strong strong there anymore. Um. So I think that obviously hurts them. I would be surprised to not see James Harden in Game Five. Um. You know, if it's a really bad hamstring, you will see him not play very much. Like, it'll probably re-pull if it's that bad. Um, and the thing about hamstring injuries, though, is if it's bad, I'm they can be really hard to cure. Like, that's the thing, is they can be nagging. They'll be that way forever. Um, and then... I so I think my prediction was early was Bucks and sit or seven I think is now Bucks and six. Um, you know I thought a big part of it was going to be the mental toughness of KD and Kyrie. Kyrie's obviously not going to be there. KD will probably give up on his team after Game Five, so Game Six will be very about KD will get getting in his bag and just trying to fucking drop fifty. He won't really care um, what it does, so you'll see that. Um. So I still think Bucks and six, Sixers. You know, Embiid's staying healthy and he's playing really, really well. So I'm curious how severe that meniscus tear is. I'm sure he'll need surgery in the off season, but um, if they win a title, worth it, right? Um, you know, they keep playing like this. Obviously, I think they're gonna win in five. Um. I think, yeah, I reversed it. Um, I'm going to reverse my take on that. I think I think the Sixers, they're up 2-1 going into game four. It's a big game because it makes it interesting, right? Um, it makes it, is it, you know, a series again. But I, I just think they're too much for them uh, with Embiid playing the way Embiid's playing. I just don't I just they're a very hard team to beat the Sixers. Um so yeah, I, I think the, I think the Sixers in five, that's my redone take. Um I chose the Nuggets in six. Uh I think Suns in four now. <laughs> which is really easy to say when it's a three nothing lead. Um you know, for me it it was telling in game two, the Suns were just a better team. 
and you, your only hope for to make the series any interesting and give some real big hope in your team was to win game three. That's done. So, you know, now you're just trying to not get swept. Um, you know, I think uh, the, the, the Suns are just a really good team. They're really well-rounded. I'm not sure how well-depth they are. Like, I see some of their depth, like their rotational depth players, and I'm like, they're going to get exposed by the Sixers. Now, I personally just don't think that the, the Nuggets are very good. Um, you know, they went to six with the Trailblazers off of Damian Lillard being Damian Lillard. Um, I just don't think the Nuggets are a very deep team. Aaron Gordon looks like a shell of himself. Michael Porter Jr. is still a very, very raw talent. Takes a lot of bad shots. And I kind of get it. Like, he knows he has to be this second scorer. And it's just a lot of pressure for him. I don't think Jamal Murray really makes a difference in that series. I think it makes it a more competitive series, for sure. Um, I... I, I just I'm not I, I haven't been convinced on the Nuggets as a team for the last three years. Uh, they're like the Jazz in my opinion. Like good regular season team won't go very far in the playoffs in my opinion. Um, the Suns, uh, you know they're doing what they do. They're taking care of business. Um, I really think. Obviously, Chris Paul has just made them an, an absolutely a, a way better team. Um, I'm interested. I'm interested. You know, I don't want to say that the, you know, one, that this the Lakers weren't a real test. They were a hurt and batter team. Um, they weren't a real, like, they and they were going to lose that series, too. They were going to lose that series until uh, AD got hurt. Um, I'm just, I just don't think the Nuggets are a real test, so I'm not surprised. But yeah, um, so yeah, obviously changing that one, and then you got my clips and lit, uh, my Clippers, my Clippers, because of Kawhi and um. The Jazz. The Jazz obviously went up 2-0. Um, Mitchell played great. I know people think I'm probably eating my words, but I stand by what I say. You know, if he closed out the, the Sixers, he beats the Sixers in six or something, and he's played great the whole series. Uh, I think yesterday's game, last game, was a little more indicative of what I expect to see from Donovan Mitchell. You know, he can play. He is going to have a couple good games in front of his home crowd. Yeah, all right. I think more than likely... He, he think okay. Here's the thing: is it's like if you, in the game you you see great players will go at each other for moments of the game where they'll have a couple minutes where you know one player's putting on a show on his end, the other guy's doing it on their end. Here's the thing: if you're looking at Donovan Mitchell to go toe to toe with say Kawhi Leonard, I'm I'm not going to take you in that series. I'm going to take Kawhi every time. Where it's like you get somebody like Luka Doncic or you know, uh, a Kevin Durant, you get people like those, like LeBron James is like, you get people like these where like, okay, now it's competitive. Donovan is not at that level. He, that's what I mean. He's not at that level. And like, you get Stephen A saying just asinine stuff. Like he's now the best, he's now the best jazz player in franchise history. It, all right. This is my issue with sports analysis. Like him calling out coward, stuff like that. It's like, 
they're not bad analysts, but now they just go, they've gone into this like clickbait thing where now they just say, stu- like you can argue like, like a fair thing for Stephen A to say would be like, if he beats the Clippers and goes to the Western Conference Finals, because Mike Connolly hasn't played in the first three games, I don't think, let me check real quick that he played in game three. I don't think he played in game three. No, he didn't play. Right. Yeah, he didn't play. Um So you know, I think a legitimate question to be asked would be you know, can we call him a superstar now? Cuz he led this team single-handedly past the Clippers say he beat the Clippers in five or six, right? Like, you go, all right. And he he obviously would need to play a lot of good games for that to happen. Now the question is, is he a superstar? Because even if he goes to the West, like, he's only been to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, he's had a lot of high-scoring games. Sure, early in his career, he's gotten him to the Western Conference Finals. John Stockton and Carmelo got the Jazz to the fi- to the finals twice, and had it not been for them having to play Michael Jordan, the greatest player of all time, probably have a ring. Probably in an alternate reality, they even beat Jordan once, right? I don't, I don't know the point of that argument, but my point is is that they those two guys are far better than Donovan Mitchell ever was, and it's still early in Donovan Mitchell's career. He's had like what twenty something maybe low 30s career uh, playoff games. Granted, play, he's had a lot of high-scoring games, but he's a, he's a high-volume shooter. It's like, oh, 50 points on 42 shots. That's not impressive. Um, now with his injury, he's fine. He's fine. Now, I, I don't, as somebody, again, who's had a lot of ankle injuries, I, I, I feel like I know what happened with his ankle. Because when you watch the replay even the ESPN analysis on sports center stuff like that. Like they don't want to come out and say it. They're like, and you can tell it just hurt when he landed. That's all they can say because you're like, you watch it and nothing really did anything. So what I think happened is he probably landed weird. He probably felt like just a tweak, like uh, something like maybe a small pole or something like nothing big. And because it being his bad ankle freaked out a little bit. Like I, I get it. Like, I, I lean awkward. I'll, I'll, ooh, ooh, and then I got to like, all right. And then it takes you like a minute to realize it wasn't really a problem. And at that point they were down like 18 with like four and a half minutes left. And so when he went back and he was, it probably took him a couple of minutes and then he was like, ah, and then they were down 18 with like four minutes left. And he was like, just, it's fine. Like, just don't worry about it. So I think that's what happened to be honest. That's why he, Donovan Mitchell's come out and said he was fine. Like he's good. He's fine. Like, you didn't want to be like, what are you going to say on camera? Like, oh, no, I freaked out. Like, I, I thought I heard it, and it turns out I didn't. Like, I was – I just overreacted. Like, <laughs> it's not going to make you look good. So, um, I think that's what happened. Um, 
You know, Giannis playing so much better. Chris Middleton, uh, Giannis is playing a lot good, uh, is playing really, really well, but I want to talk about Chris Middleton. Defensively playing well against KD. Uh, he's got to be a good scorer, which they need from the outside, and he's doing that. He's not putting up fucking 30 points, but he doesn't need to. He just needs to score like 22 points a game. Um, the Nets' big three. Obviously, you're like, what's up with Harden? Is, is the, like, Is he going to come back? You got Kyrie. Is he even going to be healthy for the rest of the series? How long is he going to be out? Um, and then you got KD, who, yeah, he's doing his thing, but I, I just, I'm not very confident on where the Nets are going to go. Um, and then you got my boy, Kawhi Leonard. He's just playing well. He, his shots just, didn't, in my opinion, like his shots just weren't falling. Like he was bound for a couple of bad games because he shot over 60% for the Dallas series. Like, he needed a couple of bad games. And if you really look at his stats, it wasn't like he shot abysmal. It was, I think he shot, like, low 40s in the game one, and then I think he shot, like, 45 in game two. Um, and then he shot... Kawhi then shot... Um, 58% last game. And that's with him still going one for six from three. Uh, and Paul George finally had a good game. He was due. Um, he he needs to, in my opinion, step it up more. Um, but he, he just, I think now he's got a little swagger back. Maybe that'll help him going into the next game. Um, I still think Clippers in six. So... I'm uh, not going to be watching the Suns game tonight. I suspect them to win. If they don't, I'd be surprised, but they'll win it in five, which good, uh, honestly, good for them because then they get to do it in front of their home crowd, and it'll be good for the Phoenix fans. Um, all right, on to the last bit of the night or, or day or podcast, I should say. I don't, I don't know why I'm saying any of that. Uh, UFC 263. Overall, Pretty good, uh, pretty good pay-per-view. Main card, really well, really good. Um, you know, it was, I thought, from a entertainment perspective, it was great. Um, the first fight you had of the main card, I'm only going to review those. I will say this about, so the fights that I wanted to see earlier, early prelims, Chase Hooper fight. Look, Chase Hooper had moments where he looked like he was got, he had good combos. He has zero defense on stand-up, zero stand-up defense. But his striking doesn't look bad. Like, he looks like he's got, there was a couple times where he hit, he got a, cr- a couple great shots off, um, he got a couple great shots off and looked to really sting. Um, looked to really sting uh, his opponent. Uh, a monster on the ground. Now he took a lot of big shots, and I think him being him being yeah, I heard that. Don't worry, guys. Uh, him being uh, twenty one allowed him to just eat those shots because um, it wasn't great. He like he had some moments where he just got cracked, like just got cracked. Um, so yeah. Uh, anyways, on to the main. F- oh, and then uh, Drew Dober versus Bradley Rodale. That was a great fight. I uh, Drew Dober. He's just one of those guys that he has like. 
he has a just a, a stunning left hand. He was somebody who like grew up knowing he just like oh he's like fuck I have anvils for hands. So we got into fighting, and you can tell as he gets up to the upper echelon of these these top guys that who they've been doing. He got into mixed martial arts late. That's why when they say oh freestyle fighter, it means he was somebody who had like power and strength and all that, and he was just an athlete and he picked up fighting late. So. You know, I don't think he's ever going to get to that top tier, but he's always going to have fun fights. Um, and Joe Rogan's right. He does have a head like a fire hydrant. He looks like a caricature, like he does. Like He's like uh, the fighting version of Quagmire. <laughs> Anyways, so on to the uh, main card. The first fight, you had Paul Craig versus J- uh, Jamal Hill. This was nasty. Um... Paul Craig, I, I just I had a feeling he was gonna win that from all I've heard is he's just a monster on the ground. And I think that's just a massive advantage. Uh especially when they're young, which Paul Craig is. And Jamal Hill just was unexper- inexperienced. Now I think you get up and pl- you try to do that against somebody like um Rakic or uh uh Y- y- uh, Yon or Yuri or Yuri, Yuri. God, I kept wanting to call him Yuri. Uh, Yuri, they're gonna be. They have been in so many fights. I don't think you know that just going for jujitsu is gonna help. Um, he's obviously a, he's just a fucking Viking, and who knows how to grapple, which is scary. Uh, but when you get to those top level guys, like they know how to defend that. Um, and they've been in so many fights, but. They get his. He got his arm, and he completely dislocated, like broke the fuck out of his arm. Now they said he just dislocated it. They said he just dislocated it, and they popped it into place back in the locker room. I find it hard to believe he just dislocated it. Uh, I I I find that very hard to believe. I think his ligaments are gone. I think his his tendons in there are gone. I, I would be surprised if a bone wasn't broken. Um, but should have been stopped immediately right there. Gun on him for trying to throw punches, but... Yeah, I mean... And for, okay, so this, <laughs> this is all I'm having to say is, why the fuck did he have to sit there at the end of the fight holding his fucking arm to go through and be like, oh, and Jamal, like, Paul Craig wins by TKO because he didn't tap. They stopped it because Paul Craig just kept hitting him. The ref was like, after finally watching his arm just flop around like a piece of meat that is hanging on by a tendon, he just literally goes, oh, okay, all right, I've seen enough. It's like, oh, you've seen enough? Like, you should have stopped it 30 seconds earlier. Should have stopped it early, once you heard his arms snap in half. You should have stopped it. Um, but my point, what I'm trying to make is, why the fuck is he have to sit? He should be able to sit on a stool, get an air cat. They should be working to get him out of the arena into a hospital and not fucking worry about him having to sit there. Like even the one of the, even the ref goes, "Give me your arm." Like grows to grab his arm because he and he as he's holding his. <laughs> arm together he goes to give his arm like oh, i gotta hold your hand for you know to produce the winner it's like uh hi yeah if you grab my arm my arm is literally gonna fall off i am i am holding my arm completely together right now with my right hand he, he why he had to be out there was absolutely beyond me 
<laughs> like, it makes no sense. They're like, hey, I realize your arm is barely holding on, but uh, yeah, we're going to need to, we're going to get you in here and we need you to hold your arm together for just two more minutes while we tell everybody that you lost. And then we're going to get you in the back and like at the rate they were treating them, I'm surprised they weren't like, and we're just going to saw it off. And <laughs> next time out, have fun. Uh, now you don't have to worry about arm bars anymore. That's what they're going to say. Second fight. Um, so I was wrong about this one in my preview. Uh, my second fight I was right about. The uh, Bilal Muhammad versus Damian Maya. Was it going to be exactly that? He was going to push pace. He's going to stuff his takedowns. He's going to win. You need a decision. Not like the most spectacular fight, but, you know, is what it is. And then uh, in the co-main events, uh, I'm going to start with the flyweight championship, Davison Figueredo. I was wrong about this fight, too, as well, my preview, versus Brandon Moreno. Now, if I was going to go put bets on, I would have I would have gone four out of five on this weekend because once I started reading more about Paul Craig and the lack of experience Jamal Hill had, just thought he was going to win. I also thought Brandon Moreno was going to win once I saw Figueredo at the fight press conference when he shoved him. Um, I just thought he w- he just looked nervous. And then when I saw him on the scale, I was like, oh, my God. And he, he looked sick. Like, he just – the cut's too bad for him. He needs to go up to bantamweight. I think he'll be better at bantamweight. Uh Brandon Marino looked sharp, man. He didn't look like the moment was phasing him. He looked like he just knew he was going to win the whole entire week. So, I would have I would have put money on him. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good fight, man. Brandon Marino, kid's tough. I, I don't really know what's next for him at flyweight, um, to be honest. You know, the flyweight division's kind of wishy-washy at, per usual. Um and then you get to the other co-main event, uh, the one everybody loves, Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. I mean, if, why you love Nate Diaz? You know, he had moments where he put on his show, he did his Nate Diaz stuff where he was just making it awkward for Leon. Leon didn't know what he was doing, and he was just taunting him, and he was like, come on. And then he would do his Nate Diaz shit, and then he would, like, he could take a beating. Like, the reason people love him is because Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz and... Uh, Nick Diaz, like, they'll get beat to shit, particular Nate, and they'll just keep walking forward, and they'll be like, come on, let's fucking go. Like, you got to kill him, sort of thing. And that's why people love him. Uh, you know, he got caught up. He's escorting from his head. He just is a brawler, man, and he's a killer on the ground. That's why Leon was – like, I was surprised Leon wrestled with him as much. Um now, granted, Nate wasn't in the most dominant positions, but he's a killer on the ground. And then, per usual, Nate, like, one minute left, absolute stunning hand. Just stones Leon. And they pointed at him, and I don't think he recognized how much he hit him. And then he was like, oh, and then I think he, sh- you know, he had another 30 seconds, that fight's over. That fight's over. Like, he gets Leon out of there. Um... I, I wish he had gone after him more. That would have been interesting because I think he takes him out there. But um, I 
Yeah, that's just me. I it was a great fight. I mean, that's why people love him. You know, he's just getting beat to shit. There's at one point where uh I think he gets like a cup shot or something, but uh Leon Edwards goes to like fist bump him and Nate Diaz tells him he's all fuck you, slaps his hand out of there. And then Leon Edwards flipped him off, which was great. And he goes, All right, and then Nate Diaz fights forward. Now he started eating some shots and uh you know, I think Nate Diaz started, he's like, all right, good good shot, good shot. And I think Nate Diaz was starting to realize, you know, what's great about Nate Diaz, too, is, like, he knew he was like, fuck, this guy's just so much better than me. But he kept trying to find his shot, and that's what you love about him. He's like, look, I'll still go through the fire, because I, I think if I just keep going, I'm going to be able to fucking find something eventually, which he did, right? Um, you know, I it, it's a great... A great fight, and um, he's just a killer man. He 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 just will go after anybody, and um, you know that's what happened when you guys do train for triathlons for fun. Like these guys have insane cardio, so that's why they're able to take these beatings. Like it just doesn't matter. These guys, these guys are animals. They can take. They can go forever. Like if there were seven rounds. Like Nate Diaz would be like if if UFC was seven rounds, Nate Diaz would never lose a, a UFC title. He wouldn't. He would never. Like he, he could go forever. He, it's ridiculous. Um. But yeah, no, it's a, it was a good fight, front fight, and then my favorite fight, the one I predicted. I I did get it wrong on how he would win. Uh, I thought he was going to finish him. Uh, he just he didn't seem like. You know, Vittori knew. I feel like was really wary of his striking, um, and so he had really good defense. So Israel wasn't getting to me. It didn't look like Israel was getting the most incredible shots off, um, like hitting him. He was hitting him good. Don't get me wrong. Lighting his ass up like a goddamn candle. No, just like <laughs> obviously Christmas tree. Uh, but I, I thought he was gonna. Um, I, I thought he was just gonna. I thought he was gonna finish him eventually. Uh, and Marvin was tired. I don't think Marvin could have gone another round. Uh, Israel Adesanya just, you know, everybody's like, oh, that's first of all, just the slap in the face to Yawn, where everyone's like, oh, that's the answer. Look, Yawn showed everybody he can do it. Like that's how you get it done. It's like first of all, Yawn's fucking good. Like when are y'all gonna learn that Yawn Blahovich is good? Like he is a good fighter. And that's why he was able to beat Israel Adesanya. If you think at middleweight that all of a sudden, like, oh, there we go. We just got to bring him to the ground. We're going to win. It's like, good luck, man. Like, he might be small for light heavyweight, Israel. He is big for middleweight. Dude, there's times Marvin's, like, pushing him up against the cage. Israel's head's above the cage. Like, he's a big dude. He's 6'4". He is not small. He's the same size as he's the same height as uh as Francis Ngannou. Like they are both the same size, man. Not obviously width, but like height wise. He's got a big frame. He's a big guy, man. You're not and these guys at middleweights are generally around five ten to six one. Like they're not they're not the tallest motherfuckers. And that when you're trying to bring him down, you're giving up four, you know four to three inches it's gonna be a lot harder he can make his base wider he can just make your life a living hell and he's not again he's a purple belt i know it's not like the highest belt but it's when you're recognizing in the, in the uh brazilian jiu-jitsu uh 
family, I guess, uh, world, um, you know, you're recognized as a, you're, you're starting to get to the top, not top of the food chain, but like you're recognized as a, you're officially like a killer. Like you're okay. He's a purple belt. Like you're top level now. Um, like you're not gonna, like a black belt, high level black belt is not going to be able to take it easy on you, but he knows he's going to be able to eat you sort of thing. Uh, but anyways, like, and like, look, when Marvin thought he had a rear naked choke, Izzy turned into him so quickly. Like, Izzy knows, he knows, like, when you're a guy like Israel Adesanya and you come into MMA and the mixed martial arts and especially the UFC and you're a world-class striker, like top three in the world in MMA, in the history of MMA, I would even say, um, he knows people are going to try and take him down. So what do you think? Like he's got great takedown defense. He knows how to get up. He knows how to posture up. He knows how to do all those things. You're not gonna. And Marvin looked huge. Like he looked like. Oh, if I put on size, like I'll, I'll do it. Yawn didn't know you'll keep down. Yawn's a black belt. People. He's a good wrestler. He's strong as shit. He's a big dude. Like he and he's fucking good. Well, it's just it's insane. Like the disrespect. But Israel did exactly what I thought. Uh, I love that he called out Bobby Knuckles, and I love that he did because I'll do whatever the fuck I want because I'm the fucking king. Like I, I love that. Talk your shit. Um, I will say I, how Marvin Vittori thought he won the fight after is just beyond me. Absolutely beyond me. The closest round was the first round, and it was very clear that Israel won the first round too, um, in my opinion. And that was the closest round, and it just progressively got worse and worse and worse. So how he thought he won that fight or he was shocked that he got – like, what would he, What was he like, what? Like, he thought he won a round? Like, is that what he's saying? Like, he thought he won a round? Like, if you want to hang your hat on that, like, what? I didn't get swept. It's like, no, you lost all five. But, hey, if you want to say you won four, sure. Okay. You won You won one there, buddy. You lost four then. That helps you that all of a sudden you think you went, you know, you won two rounds. Because you did not win two rounds. I get how that rep, one of those um, um, judges gave you two rounds in the first time you guys fight was beyond me. You won one, the third round. Didn't do a lot, but you won it. Um, and you got your ass handed to you on this fight. Just Israel just did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He was going to keep you off of him, and when he did get on the ground, he was going to get you up quickly, uh, and he was going to keep it on the feet, and then he was just going to fucking pick and choose every spot he wanted. Now, I will say this. The one thing that worries me that I think if Israel gets <clears throat> in the cage with somebody who does have... Now, I don't know who at middleweight has this type of power to be able to really one punch you or sit you with one punch maybe not knock you out clean but sit you down really bad with one punch because when he leans up against the cage and his hands are down because he doesn't want to be taken down and he, he's got great head movement and great body movement which is i know what makes him so hard to hit and makes people and he does it so he can exit real quick but man it, it, when he does that he's vulnerable and like marvin wasn't able to fully connect a couple times but he was able to hit him sometimes if somebody had that, I think that's your best chance to get Israel out. Is when he's up against that cage doing that, you just fucking throw bombs and try and hit him. I know it's asking a lot, but I, I mean, and I'm saying this because I think Israel is very good. 
Uh, and I don't see anybody beating him at middleweight for a long time. Even I, I love Darren Till. I don't see it happening. Like at the end of the day, he's still Darren Till's still smaller than Israel Adesanya. Just, just it, man. I think he. I, honestly, I think he's going to have to move up to light heavyweight, Israel. I don't think he can. I, I think he's going to have to move up and train to hit two hundred five because I just don't think. Because here's the thing is, he and Jan, I think Jan beats him again in the second time. I think Jan doesn't fear speed, gets in there. Knows he can take him down. But Israel would be trained and he wouldn't be coming in at 201. Like, you know, like Israel pretty much went into that fight. He just didn't cut weight. He, he was a middleweight who didn't, and he didn't cut weight and he stayed with the fight. Um, Jan's a big dude. I, I'd be interested. Like, I, I'd be Israel versus Yuri would be a very interesting fight if Israel got the training and got to go in at two hundred five. Because Yuri's not going to take him down. There, that that's going to. Oh my God, that would be a great fight. Yuri versus Israel. That's two incredible strikers. I think Israel lights him up like a Christmas tree. Because the thing about Yuri is he takes a lot of hit, shots and he just walks down. And he's got power hands. But Israel, you know, he'd be able to exchange five to his three sort of thing. All right. Um, so just last second thoughts. Uh, oh, last second thoughts. Uh, you know, Marvin Vittori, he's delusional. Uh, I am getting my, I just bought a hunter safety course, so I will be getting my hunter safety license here soon, which means I'm hoping by next winter, uh, or this winter, I will be able to go officially hunting. Um, comedy this Thursday, Backdoor Comedy, anybody in Dallas, go to Backdoor Comedy. Um, and uh, I guess rifle news, just I looking for a hunting rifle. I'll probably, I'm looking to buy probably a Winchester. I don't know if I want a 3.0 win mag or or a 300 wind mag, or if I want a 308 Winchester. So, or, yeah. So, I don't know how to do anything. But, anyways, uh, subscribe to the show, Trost Talk, at Trost Talk. That's T-R-O-S-T. Uh, Instagram, you can find me. Uh, subscribe to the shows. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, do it on all three link in my bio of my Instagram page. You can buy some shirts. Uh, merch is great. And a new shirt going up three minute King baby. All right. Uh, last thing, but, uh, Nico, the freak show shout out to him. Best designer in the game. Anything you need logos, Photoshop stuff, anything graphic design. He's your man. Uh, he, he's great. He did my my logo, best logo in the game. Um, all right, peeps. Later. <laughs>